guys. I'm here today with Desley Oakley. She is a musician. She's been on Broadway. She's been on Broadway is your main thing, right? Mm -hmm. You were like all-time Broadway star at this point in my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) That's very kind. I mean, everyone here knows that I'm obsessed with Waitress and Desi was in Waitress, but we're not only going to talk about Waitress, even though I could probably talk about it for 16 hours straight. Honestly, me too, though. Honestly. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone who has ever in Waitress is as obsessed with it as I am. So I feel like it's okay yeah. to be obsessed. It is. It is okay, honestly. And <laughs> it, I'm sorry, when a show is that good on stage and off, it makes an impact. It does. It, it truly does. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I always tell everyone this, that Waitress has like a different storyline for every single person. That's I think. true. Like every one of my friends who's who's gone to see it with me has like had one thing in that show has happened to that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. So everyone feels connected to it. It's the mm-hmm. best. Yeah. That's, I think that's what makes it so wonderful. And then it's so personal that each person who plays the roles can change it immensely. So if you exactly. see an understudy or you see a new casting, it takes a totally different shape and people are like, I can't get enough of this. Right. Right. And then they keep changing the lead. So then I have to right. keep going. And you're like, well, I need to see her, Jenna. And I have to see her, <laughs> Becky. Like, I can't not. Like, exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. So before we get into Waitress, because like I said, I could talk about it forever. Mm-hmm. Let's start with like, when you go out to dinner and you're introduced to someone, how do you, ex- how do you explain who you are and what you do? What's your oh, first like, hey, my name's Desi and I'm XYZ. That is so cool. I don't think I've ever been asked that question and I kind of am obsessed with it. So if I was just like meeting like a person, I think that this is like something that I kind of preach a lot. I probably in the first sentence would not mention that I'm an artist because I feel like I'm an artist second to being a person first. Right. So I would likely say, you know, hey, I'm Desi Oakley. Um, I'm probably I'm based out of New York. I probably would say that, and then quickly, if some, you know, if if the follow up question is like, well, what do you do in New York? I right. would then I would then say I'm an actor and singer songwriter, you know, and then of course that would probably unfold. Whoa, Dig cool, into, you know, uh, right? Yeah, you know, and I would say I've done you know primarily Broadway shows and national tours. And I have, you know, several of albums out on iTunes and Spotify, you know, and then, you know, we could go from there. But right, right. Yeah, I think I, I'm proud to be an artist and I'm proud to be a Broadway actress. I mean, even in this time when the industry right. is, you know, on a big hold and I'm proud of, you know, the work I've done. And, but I think too, like, I'm always interested to see, especially if this person who's asking me at dinner, like, is not in the business or is like, right. you know, it's always such an interesting conversation and to hear people's different opinions of it. Like some people are like, whoa, oh my gosh, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. And then other people are like, oh, cool. So what do you do for like work then? And you're like, <laughs> well, well, that's what I was going to say because I have tons of friends who are actors or like aspiring mm-hmm. actors, but they right. also work with a restaurant down the street and the hustle is real in oh, New York yeah. City. Oh yeah. But you added in, I was going to say you added in Broadway. So like you, they know you've already been there, you know? Right. Right. I guess so. Which isn't a bad thing, but it kind of solidifies that like mm. you're not just an actress or, or okay. a musician. Yeah. You, right. You're a successful actress or musician is how mm. I would kind of take it. Mm-hmm. Because if someone just says I'm an actor, like I remember being 21 in New York City, and people would always say I'm an actor, and I'm like, I right. don't want to ask you what 
been in because then I feel bad if you haven't been in anything. Exactly. Yet. Exactly. Right, 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 right. And that's a, a lot of people do that. There's so many levels to this and what, what people believe is success because I could also right. say that and then they go, oh, but do you do film? Do you do movies? Right. And I'm like, True. And I'm yeah. like no, I don't. I don't do. They're like, what have I seen you in? Like in movies? Like what movies have I seen you in? And I'm like, <laughs> like oh God. You're like, oh, okay. fuck, I didn't succeed. What's right. going on? <laughs> <laughs> like there's always some. I feel like the level of success in this industry is so varied and it's so relative and right. um, everybody's story and journey is so different with it. But that's such an interesting question. I love that you asked me that. I just like to, because I've gone through like many different jobs in New York. I've lived there for almost 10 years. Like I feel like every two years there's like something else I'm calling myself. Oh, totally. And I'm always like, Sometimes I like to make things up. Like if I know I'm never going to see the person again, just to see their reaction. Mm -hmm. I've done that before. And New York is so competitive that if they're in any kind of the same realm as Mm -hmm. you, like it's like, I know it's like a (laughs) constant competition. And I, I get nervous. I'm like, I don't, I just host a podcast. You probably do too. Of course. (laughs) No, but that's, that's the best. And here's the thing. I think that is so interesting because you're right. You can't necessarily get away with, well, if someone's really, if someone's genuinely interested, if you're just like rubbing elbows at like a cocktail party, it's probably fine. You could be like, yeah, I'm in finance. Have a good one. You know what I mean? But I feel like, you know, you'll, you could say anything and they're like, Oh, amazing. Like, did you study in school or like, how did, when did you first move to the city? And like, what was your first job? And did you intern first? And like, I mean, there's right. like, you're like, ah. there's so many different ways they can go. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you explained that you're an actress, musician. Mm-hmm. If you weren't doing that, what, what do you think you'd be doing? I love this question. Okay. So <laughs> I've thought about this a lot and what's interesting right now is my immediate answer is that because I'm not doing that, exactly right now. I've been able to stay afloat very luckily coaching and teaching young aspiring artists. So I, I studied the piano classically for 14 years and can accompany and coach and I've studied the voice. And so I can lead these young people through their repertoire and talk about, you know, business ideas. And so that has been, that has been a huge blessing for me like during this time. But I think if I wasn't in the arts at all, I love hosting. I am obsessed with really? like hosting a gathering and planning it out. And so I would probably do party planning and I feel like I don't belong in an office. Like I just feel like that. Oh, I just don't not. know. If that, I, can, I, don't, I don't know about that. I can't, I can't even do that. Just like bless. I feel like now that's the mood of everyone on the planet after quarantine. So yep. <laughs> they're just like, never again. This could have been an email the whole time. Bye. Um, exactly. So I think the, the end goal there, like the top of that ladder would be owning my own event planning company. That's fun. And I, I always like look at, um, Chloe Kardashian posted something yesterday about her magnificent floral arrangement birthday party. Oh, and okay. I was like looking at the event planner and I was like, it must be nice to be handed millions of dollars to create whatever you I want. I know. I know. That's, that's so cool. That like, yeah, that canvas, that palette. Like, um, is, imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. would be so fun. So I'm into all of that. And I think I could do that well. There's an element of art to it. There's an element of organization to it. There's an element yeah, of, of performance and presentation that go into that. 
I think that that would be a close, I would be satisfied and happy and excited. And, and then the event is coming, right? So it's like, we have our half hour call. It's very like, it is theatrical. Events are theatrical and your audience are the guests and okay, fine. I'll sing a song, you know, like while I'm there, right, like, whatever. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> but like, you know, you need a little entertainment. I mean, right? the second someone finds out, you know how to sing, they're like, oh, sing something for me. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. what, what, in what world do you think someone just wants to belt out? I know. I know. kind of song right now. That's, I know that is such a, that's a dance monkey dance moment. Like, oh, 100%. come on, sing us a song. Come on, come on. Just one song. You're like, and you're what? like what? what? Like Mary yeah. had a little lamb. I, I know. know. What do you want me to do right now? <laughs> That's how I feel like when people are like, oh, you're a singer? Desi, will you lead us in happy birthday? Because it's someone's birthday. And you're like, what are you talking? I sing happy birthday the way every single other happy birthday. Right, like, like, I'm not going to exactly. go like, like, what are you talking about? Like everyone goes like, oh, Desi, start us out. And I'm like, happy birth. Like, what are you? That, 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 I don't sing happy. I'm not going to just be like, happy. Like, I'm not just going to exactly. bust out a song right now. I sing it the way everyone else sings it. Oh my God. <laughs> how did you start? Have you always known that music is kind of your passion and your the yes. journey you wanted to take? Mm-hmm. So tell us more about like when you were younger, you decided for, you've been taking piano lessons for 14 years yeah. where you just yeah. one day like, this piano is mine and I'm going to play it. So my grandmother is totally responsible for my love for the arts and especially piano and musical theater. So my grandmother, while she was more musical than the average person who was not a professional, just had a love for the arts. And she said, um, I grew up in Wichita, Kansas. And she said, Hey, everybody, you know, I had a huge family, tons of cousins, you know, lots Mm of aunts and uncles. And she, as sort of the matriarch of this family said, Hey, you know, the arts are important. We should all be taking family trips to music theater of Wichita in the summer where they do these amazing, it's a, it's a summer stock theater. We need to be going to see theater. We need to be supporting the, the The arts. arts. Uh Uh-huh. And so as a kid, I went to these shows and was like, I want to be on the stage. That sounds fun. And she she encouraged all of the cousins to audition. And, you know, we knew that kind of like a summer camp, they let a lot of kids in for the experience and yep. you can be in one of the shows and you run across waving, you know what I mean? And you're in the show. Yeah. So yay. <laughs> and that's how I really started doing it because I, at eight years old, I did my first show and had no idea. Like my first show was The Most Happy Fella and it starred Kelly O'Hara. So it's like at oh this God. theater and, yeah. and it's an incredible theater. It's an equity theater. They would have Broadway stars come in. And I was this kid learning from these Broadway stars and having no idea that this is, I was cutting my teeth with like literally the champions of this industry. And I'm like, and I'm like, I had no clue. I'm like, there, she's so pretty, you know? And, and I started to sort of see that it, it was, you know, a path that I could take. And I did. And so my grandmother also she bought all of the grandkids a year of piano lessons when they were. That's a nice gift to your parents too. <laughs> unbelievable! Is that not unbelievable? I'm the only that's one. Amazing. That, I'm the only one that continued, but everybody did it. But I you know. I think that's smart. I think it's kind of almost not as important as swimming, obviously for safety. Sure. But like, but like learning something that you usually wouldn't if you didn't have to to see if you have an interest, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's like thinking outside the box, trying something new. And I think no matter what it teaches discipline, especially learning any instrument, it totally teaches discipline. Definitely. And it's also empowering subconsciously to operate something, to make music on something and to say, I did that. And that, you know, I am making this music. I don't care if it's good, you know, just that that's empowering, especially for a young person. And yes, it requires practice. And yes, it requires, you know, you can't just, you know, not everyone is a prodigy. I played the viola in fourth grade for like six months and I still to this day tell everyone and I'm very proud of it. Yes. 
<laughs> I was like, I played the viola. It's a fun fact. It didn't last long. No. But I still played it. And the viola is a, what a cute, that's a sweet little instrument. Like, exactly. I didn't like go into the band like everyone else did. I was like, let mm-hmm. me pick up, pick up this like delicate instrument. And and it's unique. That's unique. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I like it. I would be proud as well. My six months, it was great. <laughs> I don't even know if I got past the plucking stage, but like I definitely okay. will never forget it. You, there you go. See, <laughs> that's important. That's important. So you started with piano and mm-hmm. then... When did you start singing? Were you just like, oh, I can hold a tune? I was definitely no child star. Like, I would not have been cast as Annie in Annie. Like, I was not somebody who was born with the voice that I have. I think I was born with pitch and I could hear mm-hmm. music really well. And then the piano, of course, helps so much with intonation. Right. And so I feel like I am a, my talent today at 31 years old is probably a big mix of raw gumption, a bit of raw talent and then insane passion and ridiculous discipline. So it's just, I took it and cultivated it. But I had somebody, the producing director at Music Theater of Wichita said, hey, you should be cultivating this. Like you need to do this. And I don't think it was because he saw this star. I genuinely think it was, he saw the combination of all of it. And he said, wow, this is potential. This is passion. This girl belongs on the stage. She belongs performing. She has what it takes, whatever that is. And I don't think it was just because I could belt a note. Yeah, no. So I developed it. I was always singing, but truly being like, okay, here's my voice. I'm going to try to make it good. Um, (laughs) I'm like 14, 15. I was like, okay, let's do this. And I was writing music since I was very young that freedom has always been something so important to me to express myself. So I would sit and yeah. make up a song on the piano or make up a song as I was going. And and I think that that has helped a lot with my artistry as a whole. Yeah, for sure. And I also feel like when you have someone older and wiser than you and someone that you really respect who's helped you and they yes. give you that, that extra little like oomph, like, oh, I can actually do it. You're telling me I can do it. Okay, so I can do it. That's exactly right. My choir director growing up is still my friend to this day, but he was the one who was like, Lexi, you can sing, like just sing. I was yep. like, okay, okay. I Thank you for boosting me up a little bit yep. because I needed it. Absolutely. And that's what I believe in with these young people that I that I coach and that I work with. They literally, a lot, so many people can succeed. They're not being told that they can. Right. That amount of confidence that boost, like you said, is sometimes imperative. It will make all the difference. Mm -hmm. And I try to find the balance in that because this is an art and this is a competitive business. So when, when parents genuinely ask me like, Hey, can my child make this? I'm like, okay, let's put on a different hat. Let's put on a different conversation and let's dive in. And I want to be honest, but until then they're exploring like you in the viola, like give somebody exactly come on. Like they just need to be like, we're going to be in the moment. We're going to talk about what's going on right now. We don't have to say like, right. So, you know, in five years when you're in the audition room competitively, you know, and you're you're trying to make a living, like it doesn't always have to go there, you know? I know. And so then you did all of this and then how, what brought you to New York? So I graduated from the University of Michigan and moved there immediately. It it was sort of like in the cards. It was like... I was like, this is what I'm doing right now. I had come up with the plan, the plan, the plan of action. (laughs) It was like, okay, get the degree, do the showcase, move right away. I moved May of 2011. Oh, nice. And I've lived there ever since. Been based there. 
and traveled, of course, with tours and traveled, of course, for shows, but have always been based there and love it, love it, love it. I want to die an old woman on those streets. I know. I, I Because of quarantine, I came to Ohio and I'm still here, but I'm going back to New York finally next next Monday. Oh my God. And I'm, I'm going back too. I've been away. I've been quarantining with family this entire time in the Midwest and I'm, I'm going back in a couple of weeks. That's wild. I'm in Ohio. We're like mid, Midwest twins <laughs> going, going back to our home. Yes. I think it was good. It, I felt really good about being out of the city and now the city is the safest place to be. I know. So it's I'm like, like, Ohio, I need to leave. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No, I just, I, I love it here. I just, it's just, I'm not ready. Like for a while I thought about it. I was like, am I ready to leave New York? Am I ready? Like I asked myself a hundred times. And I was like, I'm not ready. Right. I'm not ready. So I'm not doing it. I'm going back. <laughs> yep. There you go. That's good. So you get to New York and then did you have like an apartment set up? Like, were you like, um, I sublet, I remember I sublet so much. I sublet like, Oh, I know. got my first apartment off Craigslist. Oh, that's naturally. how it works. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> Look, it's a different like $800 world. $800 a month in Hell's Kitchen. It was like a hallway oh, bedroom. There you it go. was great. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> Look, that's great. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I like, I was jumping around all over the place, especially during the summer. I like, oh yeah, I moved in the summer and probably lived like in 11 sublets or something crazy. And then I booked Wicked. That was my Broadway debut. Wait, so, yeah. So t- let's talk about that. So you got to the city and you just, did you already have a manager or did you have to like find these auditions on your own? I signed with an agent right away. You realize, wait, let's go back. You just said, I got to the city and then I booked Wicked. Like, well, okay. that does not... <laughs> happen people okay that's incredible well listen there were there were six months in there of like and I know that it doesn't, doesn't matter that is not that's insane yeah, yeah so I moved thank you I moved to the city right in May and my debut was that following January and so okay. I signed with agents right away who still represent me today Amazing. I fell in love with their spirit and they and their approach to the business which is the most important thing to me especially because we're going to be a team Right. And they're going to represent me. So I want their voice to represent me. And obviously I chose well, because I still love them. And like, exactly. you know, they know my mom, you know, it's like, <laughs> they're like part of my family. And yeah, I auditioned for a ton of things and eventually landed with Wicked. And I'm so glad because it taught me everything to join a company that young, that was so established. It, uh, I and like, that's not an easy show. That show right, is right on every level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like it taught me what I what I know. It taught me my professionalism. I loved being the little kid, like the young. And everyone was like, Hey girl, I've been here for a decade. What are you doing? You know what I mean? (laughs) And I loved that. I I loved that. I loved that I walked in and I wasn't, it was like the bottom of the food chain, so to speak. But you were also being like tossed into it, which I feel like is the best way to learn sometimes. It's like, you have to find your way. They picked you for a reason. Now figure it out. Exactly. Just Just roll with it. Exactly. Right. And yeah, I feel like that that was such a blessing to me. And then I also had no idea at the time that it would continue to be a blessing throughout my career. So because they're such a well-oiled machine, once you know a part or several like I had, they'll continue to ask you back. Um, and even though your contract might be up or you move on to other shows, it's one of those, it, they're so loyal and they also, right. you know, have a, a machine to run, a big, 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 big machine to run. And so I had, you know, I did something like, I don't know, 10 contracts with Wicked over the years. I mean, it was oh like, God. and sometimes I wouldn't even, you know, talk about it. I'd just be like, I'm back at the Gershwin, like just run over right. there. And like, and that is, abs- that is absolutely insane to be a part of a show like that. Like there are, there are only a few shows like that. Yeah. 
I would love to know the behind the scenes of that show so badly. Oh. And not even just the actors, but also like the marketing, the the lights, the music, like yeah. everything. It yeah. is so well oiled it and is. it's insane. It is. It is absolutely, it is incredible. The people that they have working there, the stage managers, the backstage, I mean, the crew is top notch. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. There's a reason why it's been so successful. It's not just the material. I mean, they, they those people are making that thing continue to run Yeah, and, and it's wild. It's incredible. It's amazing. Who was the Elphaba lead when you started? Okay. Um, who was my first Elfie? I want to say it was, oh, was it Jackie Burns? I think I know, it was this Jackie. is a long time. I know. A long time. So long ago. And I had so many Elfies. I'm, I'm wonder. I think it was Jackie Burns. That's oh, how okay. It me. I'm gonna go with Jackie Burns. Yeah, I should look. At I'm, the I'm double. Che- yeah, I'm double checking this when you're done. <laughs> We're oh, fact yeah. checking this episode. Yes, fact check. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. But yeah, I'm just so grateful for that show and everything it taught me. Yeah. I mean, Wicked is that's insane. Wicked's like the best show ever. It is. And now, and this is like a app plug, even though Broadway's not open until 2021, praying. Mm-hmm. I always use this app. Shit, what's it called? It's been months since I've used it. But there's an app that I always go on like 20 minutes. I live in Chelsea. So like I'll look at shows for anything and I'll be like, what's really cheap tonight that I haven't seen or that I've seen a million times, but like it's really cheap. Yeah. And Wicked is always up there and it's like $40 for this seat. You're all the way in the front, all the way to the right. Yeah. But it's fine. (laughs) Why not? You're like, this is $40. I'm going to go see a a Broadway show. A whole Broadway show. Yeah. Exactly. Even if I can only see half the show, it's totally worth it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, obstructive view. So, You're like, that's fine. So how long were you with Wicked? Um, the first time, around 10 months, a little bit less than a year. And were you tired? Yeah. How do you do that every day? And there are people that have done it for, I mean, you know. Years. Oh, yeah. So long. And I did. And then after that, I got, I did the revival of Annie on Broadway. Oh, awesome. Yes, which was I, so I think I, did, cool. I think I saw that. Maybe I saw you in it. Being a part of original, that's an original cast, like an original cast revival. But yeah, that was cool to watch a show be built from the ground up and in such different experiences, right? Because Wicked, as you said, yeah, I was talked into it, this well-oiled machine. Like, you have no say, my friend. Just do your job um, right. in a good way, in a good way. And then, and yeah. then to be a part of a cast that's building this revival from the ground up and watching that process and being like, oh my gosh. And like Andy Blankenbuehler choreographed it. And he's obviously done so much, you know, Hamilton bandstand and yep. like, he's an unbelievable choreographer. And he would be like, I really want a drum hit here. So the drummer in the room would be like, gah, gah, gah. like literally like, they're creating a drum hit because, oh my God. because he was just like inspired. I mean, it was, that was cool. It's cool to have been a part of that. And that's the only, I guess, original cast besides if you want to count Waitress, which was the original national tour cast. We we did build it. You know, we built that show, but we we didn't right. build it originally. We built it based on, of course, the Broadway show and with intention to keep it very similar. Uh, you know, of course, because the whole point is that we're coming to a town near you and we're bringing the show to you. And while we want our voices in it, kind of like we were talking about with the characters, they're so interpersonal and, and specific. Right. We really want to bring the show, you know, the show that people know on Broadway. Right. And that's a different vibe. Were there any major differences in the show on Broadway that there were national tour? Yes. Because I've never seen the national tour. I've only seen it on uh-huh. Broadway and West End. Yeah. For tour, they, I remember, we took out a few of the, like, of the unnecessary cuss words, like the swear words. Okay. So I believe they eliminated all of the F word, which I think was a, just a way to sort of, like, 
round the smooth the edges for like yeah. Midwest audiences, which I think you can relate to when you're talking about totally. being in Ohio. Yeah. So that's like a major difference. But here's the thing with the writer there, Jesse Nelson in the room, the way it was executed and cut, you would never have known. So most people don't even, didn't even recognize it. They were like, I didn't even know. I didn't even notice just a few things like that. And then like a couple of set things that also you probably wouldn't notice, like the doctor's office and the diner unit are two separate units instead of being on like a tilt around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's just weird. Like, I must have like seen it a few times. Yeah. You're like, it's so strange. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. You're like, nice. It's really fine. But that is one of those shows. I'm telling you, it is one of those shows that you can see over and over and over, even doing it over and over because it's so conversational. And like, it really is. Is your Dawn like a little, is she agitated today? Like I'm agitated because so like, okay, my Dawn's going to be agitated. Like, why not? Okay. You can play right. agitated Dawn. Like, you, there are there's so much life in these characters where it's like I also feel like in Waitress and and unlike some other shows I've seen Waitress they give you that that opportunity Correct. to add what you want to it that's exactly right and that's what makes it so human see they don't want a robotic performance the only one where we always talked about it and I, I had some good conversations with Jeremy Morris about it is like Ogie the character of Ogie is truly the comedic relief. And there right. is an expectation of performance that he has to attain each night. Definitely. And that sometimes, even though he would just come on stage for like, you know, his track is small, right. it still added up because I could walk on stage, even though I was there from curtain up, I could bring in my tiredness or I could bring in the fact that I didn't feel totally, well. Yeah. I could bring it, I could bring in whatever I wanted. And then it just became really true. So then I was just actually living and breathing on stage. Jeremy had to walk on stage and do that yeah. every single, no matter what, whether he was yep. tired, whether he was like, and that, that's harder. That's, <laughs> like, that's, I would argue, I would argue very that that's difficult. Yeah, that's harder. And and then he would be like, no, I'm only on stage for a short amount of time. I'm like, no, dude, you have no idea. Like, I don't think I could do what you're doing. <laughs> it's no, like, and, and he's so memorable. Like Exactly. He, exactly. Like, he'll be on stage for a quarter of the time you are. Right. But at, like, stage door, people are like, where's Oki? Where's Oki? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's that's rewarding. And and hopefully he would know that, you know, it, it paid off because of that. But th- but you're right. There's so much, there's so much opportunity to bring in our own humanity in these characters. And I think it's fun to play and it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. It's fun to see that on stage. It's fun to see something so real. And it's so real. Oh yeah. I remember (laughs) like at the curtain up, people are like, I don't know what this is. I'm clapping. Like you hear Sarah sugar, you know, and you're like, what is this? What is this? What's about to happen? And then all of a sudden it's soft and it's quiet. And I watched the audience literally go like, they lean in. Oh my they, God, I have goosebumps. They like, what, do you know what I mean? They're like, <laughs> yeah. I watched that happen. They're like, we're going to go see a musical. It's a musical. And then they're like, oh, whoa. You know, oh, we're seeing a musical. I, and yeah. we're going to get hit in the face with some realness right now. And yeah. I, I was so grateful to be on the stage during those moments, during those like smack moments, like smack in the face moments, you know, or a shocking moment. Right. I remember hearing, and especially I can talk to you about this because you've seen the show. And and of course it's not a spoiler because it's now obviously hard to watch. Oh, right. uh-huh. So, you know, those scenes with Earl where he would almost hit me or throw me across the stage or whatever. Right. And with some of these houses, 
they'd be so intimate or the acoustics in the house would be so vibrant so I can hear the audience's reactions, which is also just like a quick reminder, like we can hear you. So like, um, but like, (laughs) but like I would hear or like, oh, like I would hear people react to what was going on on stage, which was like, whoa, like that's crazy. That's crazy. And it's weird because then you kind of think of like, all those people that are ing, and then right. you realize like what they've been through and how that's hitting exactly. them differently. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So have you ever been in the waitress Broadway show? No, I never did it on Broadway. Okay. But for some reason you were flown to the West end. Yes, I was. So I did, Which a, is, I did the national tour and the West end production. Yeah. Those are my two. Okay. But, but West end is not just like you did the West end. Like it was like a very unique, yes, it was. like braggy moment for okay. you. So let's <laughs> brag about it because yeah, iconic. It was, it was iconic. Move. It was absolutely unbelievable. I know that, um, they had been talking about, you know, using me after the tour, they obviously appreciate my Jenna and know how much I love the show. And, and I, right. I think I, according to the producer, I was the first choice to be tossed out there during an emergency uh-huh. because I, I think leading the national tour, I, I might've proved myself, you know, working under pressure and totally. showing up, being in the moment and telling the story. And I think that that paid off in a moment like that because absolutely they, for sure. They apparently immediately thought Desi Oakley. And then I was on a plane like six hours later and it was truly... I can like see you, but not, but hear you smiling right now. And the fact that it still makes you so happy is like everything. It does. I I will never forget it for as long as I live. And then of course the experience itself, it shaped me as a person in ways that I can't even explain to you because of just so many different dynamics. But those two weeks in London. I had never traveled overseas. I remember, here's what's something that's cool. Like this is such a podcast like moment, like (laughs) such a moment. Um, So I turned 30 last year and like cried on my 30th birthday, not because I was 30, but because I had never been to Europe. And I said that it's my fault because I don't take enough time to travel and I don't stop work opportunity to travel. And I'm going to pay for that. And now I'm 30 and I'm already feeling that I have not taken time to travel, that I didn't do it in my 20s, that I was so worried about missing work or not providing for myself or figuring out my bills and just like all of that stuff, stuff, stuff. And I was mad at myself. I was really mad at myself. And then, you know, six months later, it was like Christmas. I was meeting with a bunch of my best friends and we were at the Smith on the Upper West Side at Lincoln Center. And we were having, I thought I would paint the picture for you just because I, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I sat at this little bistro table and they were talking about how this little table reminded them of Paris. And again, I cried. This was, again, this was, by the way, nine days before that I got Oh my God, uh-huh. crazy. Uh-huh. And I was like, you guys, I just like, I have to do it. Let's plan a trip. And so I, I was talking to them and I was like, let's just, I need to just, I need to just plan a trip. I'm just going to go. I'm going to go. Right, right. And I just feel like the universe, God, whatever you want to say, said, you don't have to stop working. How about you just go? How about you go and you work? How about you have everything you want at once? In one. Mm-hmm. How, about oh. you, how about you have a total gift of an experience here? Like here, let me hand this to you. Oh so, you know, I'm on this plane and I'm like, are we kidding? I just, I <laughs> like, I literally just talked about this and it changed my life, you know, to have that kind of a gift and to then to, and then to do what I love at the same time. I mean, come on, it does not get better than that. It just, it doesn't. really, it, does it really not. doesn't. It does not. Oh, and what like a good time for it to happen too. Yeah. And while like we all knew waitress was coming to an end, 
Right. So it was like, oh. The last hurrah. Oh my God. Magical. Yeah, it was magic. So when you got to London, was it like you're tossed in, but you've already been there obviously, but never been with this cast and this crew and Uh and on the stage. So it's completely different. We did like a rehearsal that day and then I was in that night. What? Yeah. I did one rehearsal. Yeah. Were were you like shitting your pants? Sorry. I was. (laughs) I was. Absolutely. And the thing was, is I think the jet lag actually served me because as much as the adrenaline, I truly was running on, on fumes. Right. And I was running on the connection with the people around me. And I was like, oh, this is, this is all I have. Let's do it. Let's like, you know what? And I thought to myself too, I'm like, what I've always told, um, understudies or what I was told when I was an understudy or a swing was like, Hey, you know what? You're a warm body in a costume. You've already won. You've done 90% of it because you're here. You're here. You've yeah. already done 90% of it. The rest of the 10%, take the pressure off because it's only 10%. You're 90% done. You're there. You're good. Exactly. Like, you're here. You've arrived. You did the plant. You're on the pl- You already flew. You've arrived. So just like <laughs> coast. Enjoy. Now the next, the, ten, the next 10% is up to you. You could either freak out about it or you could enjoy it. So I chose to enjoy it. And did you know people in that cast? I knew one person, my girl, Marisha Wallace, that girl. Oh, oh I love Lord, her. My saving, my saving grace. My saving grace. And of course, now we're besties for the resties. But she like, she and I had done randomly like a reading together in the city. And because she had a, a pretty extensive Broadway career before she moved out to London and is now based there. And so we knew each other. And so I hugged that girl so tight. I was like, I love you. And I was like, she got me through. She got me through. She totally got me through. And then wasn't there a problem where, did you have to go on in the middle of yes, I the did. show? Yes, I did. So, um, yeah, wait, I, yeah, I just thought about that. I was like, wasn't yeah. there where you, you yeah. posted, you were like, I was sitting there watching uh-huh. and then all the, I was trying to enjoy a show. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> and this is like, obviously full 100,000% to Lucy Jones, who was Jenna there. Oh, right. And yeah. she was having some vocal problems and there was some sickness in the cast. And so that's the reasoning for me being out there. And they, she felt better and she was ready to rock. And here's the thing, vocal problems. I've been there. We've all been there. To say that somebody doesn't want to talk about vocal issues in our field is like saying an athlete doesn't want to talk about an injury. It's like, right. you've got to be kidding. Like, this is so normal. And we need to normalize vocal issues and vocal problems and vocal surgeries and vocal... I mean, this happens so much all the time. Anyway, so she was she was taking time to rest, which is a genius thing. That was a, that's right. a smart move for an athlete in our field. And so she had taken off her full week, which each day she was kind of testing it, seeing if she felt like she could come back. And for her, she wanted to, she wanted to come back and try it. She wanted to try the show. And of course I was like, Hey, I'm going to be here. Like, and we established a rapport. We, we have the same manager and I love her. And I've like been rooting for her since I knew she got the job there on the West end. And we were texting and stuff. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to be around the theater tonight for your first show back. Cause I didn't have a flight back yet. They hadn't decided what they wanted to do with me yet. And I said, hey, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be rooting for you. Do you want me backstage? Do you want me in the audience? Do you want me not here at all? Like, what do you want? She was like, I think I'm going to be really glad that you're here. And I was in the audience and she could not make it through. She found that she needed to continue to rest, that she might have come back a bit early. Yeah. So you just jumped up and decided, oh, I got to go. Yep. (laughs) How insane for the people around you to be like sitting next to you. You just didn't come to your seat again. (laughs) And then all like, like, I wonder if they noticed like, oh, the girl who's sitting next to me is now now Jenna. I know. It's absolutely wild. But listen, and Lucy, like, I mean, what a champion. I mean, what a brave, like to be able to do that. And there are not, I could name 10 women right now that were leading shows that had to call it an intermission for safety, for health, 
for reasons. It happens. It absolutely happens. Yeah. I just went up there and was like, okay. And I did it for her. And I felt horrible for her. It's a horrible feeling, but she's smart. She was a smart. She could have kept going and, you know, ruined something else. She she was smart and she was safe. And then the show went on, you know, and it was, and the audience, like, you know, most of them probably noticed, but it took me a second to kind of, to kind of get them. (laughs) I was like, Hey guys, okay. I was like, you know, top of two gyno pie. And I was like, okay, yeah. Hey everybody. Yep. It's definitely a different actress. Hey everybody. How are you? Yeah. Still me. Still not Lucy. Here we go. Okay. We're into the second scene. Everybody's still okay. Like everybody good still. It's still me. Different actress. Yeah. Everybody's fine. (laughs) That was probably, I wonder if, I mean, some people probably didn't even notice. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I remember I had a blonde, I was always a blonde Jenna for design purposes. Is there a reason for the different colored wigs? Yeah. Everything is an artistic choice. So the producers and the, and the wig designer and the actor kind of get together and say like, what do you want it to be? This wig designer in particular actually designed my Ava Perone wig when I played Evita on the national tour. I was the standby with my best friend, Caroline Bowman, and he loved the way I looked platinum blonde. And so he was the wig designer of this. And so he said he wanted me to be blonde. He's the designer. And I always wondered that. It's up to it's up to everyone and kind of the director and the producer and it's all a big collaboration. Right. But I was always a blonde Jenna and I've always loved that. And I've always I, I I based my character around the fact that she was a blonde Jenna, a dirty blonde Jenna, and I loved it. But for that that night, I was warming up and they were getting my mics on and they were about to put my wig on and I said, Hey, I'm so sorry. Hey, I'm making a judgment call real quick. She can't change hair colors. Um, I need to wear a brown wig. And they rushed around and they were like, absolutely, totally, exactly. And then the the wig mistress literally was like, done. I'm I'm gonna go grab a, a brown wig. And they threw a wig on me and that I had never worn and tried on. And I just made a judgment call because it's just, hey, right. let's smooth this over if we, as much as we yeah. can. Yeah. At that point, everyone was just, you know, flying by the seat of their pants. And I did a couple of warm-ups while they got my uh wig on and I ran on stage. Oh my God. That's insane. Like that like two weeks of your life. Yeah, yeah like, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I came back from that and kind of had like a crash, like a literal like. Yeah, were you crash. like, okay, yeah, I need like, to what like, is, yeah, I need to like lay take down, take a deep breath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> need to go sit down somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Well, because soon after that, Sarah Bareilles took over, right? Mm-hmm. And then Sarah I and I went out there together. She was, uh, she like would she trailed me and and relearned the show with me out there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I went, I saw her in January, at the end of January. Yeah. Do mm-hmm. her West End debut. It was magical. Mm-hmm. Is there a show that you have never been in it that's like one of your dream shows or something that you would want to be in? Yeah, I want to play Millie in Thoroughly Modern Millie. <laughs> I love That'd that role. Fun. I love that role. She's like a strong, sassy little broad and she taps. I don't know. Yeah, I would. I want to keep creating and doing sh- new shows and maybe originate yeah. a character. Yeah, for sure. For sure, that'd be really fun. Absolutely, I, I might, I might write my write a musical myself. <laughs> Why not? You have some time. <laughs> <laughs> we all have time. Yeah. No offense, but you got some no, time. Exactly. Exactly. I could also. I was just thinking of you, blonde, because I'm. I looked at a photo of you, brunette, but now that I'm thinking of you, blonde, I kind of see you in Carrie Butler's role in Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. You're not the first person to say that. That'd be fun. And I've never thought of, and I'm a big, be- I love Beetlejuice. Me too. I can't believe it closed. Me too. Um, I, I have faith it will reopen. Me but too. Yeah, I do too. I cannot believe that it closed. I know. I know. <laughs> like it's, the it's, sadness. It, I had a 
a riot of a time when I saw it. I was like, it's in, and I didn't even want to see it. I'm not even going to lie. I looked at the, at the, the marquee and I said, this is not, I'm not really a dark musical kind of girl. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. And you're, if you, if you don't relate to the movie, you're like, I don't know. It's like, doesn't seem like I've never seen it. Like I was like, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Went to see it and then saw it like three times in one month. I was like, oh my God, this is insane. It is. It is. It's incredible. All right. Well, do you have any words of wisdom for any people who are trying to chase their dreams as a musician in New York City? And no, it doesn't happen exactly like Desi Oakley. Move to New York and book Wicked. No, it doesn't. (laughs) And let me tell you, everyone's journey is so different and everyone's journey is right. So you can get as much advice from so many different actors and actresses that have had their journey, but your journey is your own unique journey. And if you keep remembering that, so I always say, um, I say it all the time. Literally, I'm going to be like Lady Gaga. Like there could be a thousand people in one room. Literally, Lady Gaga quotes this like one thing all the time on every different interview. And that's going to be me with oh, what, the 99. Gaga. Oh, the 99. Yeah. Yep. There's like 99 <laughs> people, but there's one person that believes in you. This is my version of that. Okay. So I always <laughs> say that my favorite quote is Henry David Thoreau, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. And what I love about that is it doesn't say go and get your dreams and run run and find them, it says walk confidently in the direction of them, which just means to find your compass, point it north. And as long as you're walking in the direction of it, you might take a turn left, you might take a turn right, east and west, sometimes even south. But as long as you keep finding your compass and pointing it due north, whatever your due north is, and, right. and know that that is your path, you're on the way to your dreams. And your dreams might take shape. Your dreams might might lead you down different roads. Your dreams might might shift. And that's all good, but just keep walking confidently in the direction of it. Cause that's something that we can always control. And then the rest of it is enjoy the journey. Your very unique journey. Oh, magical moments with Desi Oakley. <laughs> <laughs> Take that and use it. I'm going to use it. That's for Yay. sure. Oh, well, I'm so happy we got to meet. I know. I'm so pumped. We can like do six to six foot coffee day in New York if we, when we ever we return. That's exactly right. A little social distance moment. Exactly. Well, you can follow Desi at Desi Oakley That's on right. Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. And then right. is there anything else you want yep. to share that's happening? I'm also Desi Oakley on Twitter. Um, I don't use it as much, but give me a follow. And yeah, that's it. That's what's going on. Great. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. This is so fun. I'm so happy. It was awesome. Just a blast. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> 